Hello and welcome to another episode of the Track Record Podcast. In this episode, we have Great Britain's greatest ever female skier, Shemi Alcott. As well as hearing about her hugely successful career and fantastic work for charity, we chat about all sorts of music-related things, from controlling her emotions pre-race, to clubbing in Ibiza, to singing on stage at Glastonbury, which I'm sure that not many sports stars can lay claim to. We also discuss quite a random assortment of music tastes, covering off the Gladiator soundtrack, Lady Gaga and Celine Dion. This is the track record of Shemi Alcott. I hope you enjoy the episode. So hello and welcome to the podcast to Britain's greatest ever female skier. Boom, I'll take that. There we go, Shemi Alcott, welcome. Thank you. Do you like that bit of an intro? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it kind of feels a bit like a past life now. I just feel a bit like a ski bum because I still have a passion for it and I still get to ski all the time. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I was a professional at yeah. this. So it's kind of, I deserve to be able to enjoy it now. Absolutely. So you did, um, have I got this right, four Winter Olympics and seven World Championships. Yeah, yeah. My God, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, when you think of four Winter Olympics, that's a 20 years of my life focused yeah. on four races. It's amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, it's a sport that has so much injury, so many roller coasters to ride. So I think it's amazing that you could have that longevity in the career. I didn't actually want to retire. I would have kept going. I would have done one more. I would have gone fifth Olympics. Um, but my surgeon who put the metal rod in my right leg said if that I broke that metal rod, he'd have to amputate my leg from oh, knee geez. down. And okay. I was like, you know what? I love the sport. I want to be doing it forever. Thank you for taking it away from me. Because that 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 transition to retirement is the hardest thing mentally. Yeah, and so even a sport like ski racing, that's it's so mental in terms of that confidence. That pales in comparison to making that decision of, right, I am no longer Shemi the ski racer. I've been defined by this forever. Mm. It's not me anymore. Who am I? Yeah, it's tough. So, so you retired back in 2014, is yep. that right? Yeah. And what's been keeping you busy since? Um... I was really lucky. I got a job on Ski Sunday straight away, okay. which was my childhood dream. We sat down. It was the only time my family sat down in front of the TV every week and watching it and hearing that epic music. I mean, yeah. this is a music podcast. And for me, that is probably the reason I became a ski racer. That's oh, really? Ski Sunday tune. It's so strong and so closely affiliated to everyone to skiing. Yeah. You hear it and it's like, right, everyone's getting the tuck positions. They're thinking about snow. It's, it's one of the most iconic sporting yeah. songs. Yeah. That and the start of it, is it Grandstand? Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I never really watched skiing. Or but if that came skiing. on right now, you'd go. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, I, and I remember it from as a kid. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, that was amazing in retirement to, to be part of that show, be part of that music. Um, and then got married, had two boys, um, finished. I've had my second, my last kid. They okay. are amazing, <laughs> but they are mental. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing a bit of podcasting myself. I love talking. So I saw, yeah. Um, I love chatting to people. Um, more ski Sunday stuff. I've got a business called Carpe DM Coaching. Oh, so cool. seize the day. Um, it's about bringing up people's confidence through sport. So I okay. host on snow experiences um, to challenge people out of their comfort zone because I think so many people in our lives now live within themselves. They they don't know how to take risks because they have fear of failure. Yeah. And we need to instill it in a young age. Go out there, you know, take those risks, make mistakes, and then learn from them. Yeah. It's not a failure. No. Mistakes are show that you care about what you're doing. You're pushing yourself. Um, so that's something I'm really passionate about. I go into schools and, and actually corporates and deliver that message that I spent 20 years chasing this dream to win an Olympic medal. And I didn't. But I stand by the fact that 
I made that big dream because it showed that I was had that confidence to push myself. And not many people have that now. Yeah. And actually, businesses, corporates, individuals, we would all be so much more successful and satisfied if every day we charged. Yeah, yeah. So with coaching, it's not so much technical skiing coaching, but more inspirational. And no, it is actually on the hill. It is. Okay. You know, I've got a, I've got a ski race team. Um, nice. We've been really successful through the British. And, and whereabouts is this? Uh, we we go everywhere. Um, so New Zealand, Chile, all over Europe. Oh, wow. We've even done a camp in Dubai. It's quite mental, um, but it's um, it's amazing. It's so fun. Um, from the age of seven to seventy six, that's my client base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny seeing the kids skiing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, pick it up so easily. Amazing. I mean, technology's changed so much. So many people have that fear to start skiing. I meet people my age who said, "I've never skied, so I can never ski." And actually, it's changed so much. It's mm. so much easier to learn nowadays with these parabolic, the shorter skis. You know, back when I started, it was almost the wooden straight up and down. Yeah, right. yeah okay. Yeah. It's a lot easier these days. Yeah. Um, so I, did I see you do some charity work as well? You've done some charity yes, work? Yes, yes. I'm an ambassador for Right to Play, okay. um, which uses sport to teach life skills. Again, quite synonymous with my own business. Um, and I've travelled around the world for them, visiting their projects in Rwanda and Tanzania. I climbed Kilimanjaro for them. I'm on the board now for them. Oh, Actually, nice. next month I'm hosting an event with Claire Balding, a horse racing night for them. Okay. Um, so that really keeps them busy, but I love it. Um, yeah. And Snow Camp as well, okay. another um, uh, amazing charity. Takes inner city kids who've never seen snow out of gang culture to the mountains right you know a sport like skiing is so we think it's so upper class Mm. and for the few and it brings it to the masses and uses it to to teach these kids that they can be someone and it it, because it's level playing field yeah yeah you put people on the ski slope it doesn't matter what demographic you're from you will fall and you might hurt yourself and it might be cold so everyone's the same Mm. out there oh great so did you mention you climbed Kilimanjaro I did yeah uh, was that odd going up a mountain? Uh, brutal! Down? Oh my god, it was brutal! <laughs> you didn't were tempted to use a chairlift. I know. Well, yeah, I would have loved to, and I and, and it, I had so much resent at the top because I didn't have my skis, and I went in June, and there was oh, right. beautiful snow. At the top. So you would have wanted to ski down. Yeah, right? I, would have, I mean, yeah. even from a couple of hundred meters, but I actually yeah. really struggled. Um, I was absolutely fine till about five thousand meters, and then the last climb. Um, I just really I burst my eye blood vessels. Oh, I was like staggering. I was being filmed at the time. I looked drunk. Going <laughs> up there. Um, I only stayed at the top for one minute. Really? Um, but yeah, and no, I mean, it was a great a tick list for me. So um, are, you, are you not familiar with altitude being a skier? Yes, but to a limit. Okay. I mean, I used to ski at 3,000 metres. And, okay. and at that point in the climb, I was absolutely fine. It was just that very fine. last, last top. Bit, yeah. And a lot of people who do it take these blood thinners. Um, which obviously, as an athlete, I wasn't allowed to take because of doping. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. It was quite a weird one. Kilimanjaro is the highest freestanding mountain. Sounds great on paper. When you're climbing up, you don't see much. It's not right. like there's a mountain range around you oh, and these okay. epic views. Whereas Everest Base Camp, you know, same height as Kili Top, but you see so much. Mm. I haven't done it, by the way. Right. Sounds like I'm comparing it. Um, no, but I, if I was to do it again, yeah, I would have chosen yeah, that yeah. one. Okay. Oh, cool. And I, I see that you've done more media work other than just hosting Ski Skirt Sunday, right? Uh, yes. Um, I, I took part in Dancing on Ice. Yeah, I saw that. People call it a reality TV show. I don't think so. Like, you know, so, so, so Dancing on Ice, I guess, as a Winter Olympic sports star, there must have been high expectations, no? I, 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 I have no finesse. Winter sports. No. I mean, I, 
I remember when I signed up, I was like, oh my gosh, are people going to think I'm going to be good at this? Yeah. Um, but it was very apparent quickly that I wasn't. Oh, well, you're not. Okay. I made quite a big print. So I, could I you ice skate? No, no, I'd never ice skated okay, before, right. except for a really bad date at Spectrum in Guildford. <laughs> um, and the guy was so slow that I just left him and went around okay. on my own. Um, but then I took part in the show because I needed to raise my profile. It was post-injury, post a really big right. injury, and I needed to get back to my sport, and I thought that was the way to do it. Um, and I and I could do the skating, okay. but I can't entertain. I can't dance. I didn't know about the kind of exhibition side, the, the entertainment, and everyone else in it is mostly from, you know, real celebrities. Yeah, yeah. They're from TV and that culture where they know about these things. Yeah. And when I got knocked out, the guy who eventually went, I did 10 weeks, I came fifth. Okay, and I made right. the tour, yeah. which was epic. But he said to me, Shami, you would have been so much more popular at home if you'd actually looked into the cameras. Uh, and I hadn't, for 10 weeks, I hadn't even looked at where the cameras uh, were. Right. He's there, you know, blowing kisses down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, oh, it was fun. It was fun. It, it, I was definitely a challenge that I will never get again. It was kind of like my 15 minutes of craziness. Yeah. Um, then I got the opportunity to be part of the BBC team for the Winter Olympics last year, Claire Balding, uh, two years ago. And that was amazing. I didn't know if I'd be able to handle being in a studio because all the filming I've ever done is outdoors and quite off the cuff and this is quite prepared, but I loved it. Yeah. It was so great to to for people to watch just because I had the passion. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the knowledge, I suppose. And I and I guess because I never won, I look at things a slightly different way to people who've been super successful in the sport, because they can compare everything to themselves. Yeah, Yeah. Whereas I can't. I can look at all the reasons why I didn't win. Mm. and all the injuries and everything um so i can see success from a different point of view yeah. in terms of not a comparison to what i achieved. yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess from a winter olympics point of view though there's not a huge amount of success that great britain have had over the years no i mean conrad bartelski yeah. alan baxter yeah. um in salt lake won that bronze medal obviously it was taken away but dave riding's recently our biggest success um we've got lots of talent coming up but in terms of winter sport um, we've got huge talent across the board, especially in these creative sports. Okay. Um, you know, the, the freestyle skiing. Yeah, we yeah. are really, really oh, talented nice. at that. Um, and, you know, the Olympics is changing. It's It's gone from being something that was quite stiff, upper-lipped, to, right, you're a skateboarder down in Waterloo. Yeah, Do you know yeah. you could be an Olympian? Yeah. And it gives so much sporting inspiration to people who were just doing something because it's what everyone else did. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that's really exciting for the oh, future very sport. good, very good. So you mentioned on, so Dancing on Ice, you weren't much of a dancer. No, not a dancer at all. So is this kind of, let's say you're at a wedding, you've had a glass of wine, you're the first in the oh, dance Oh, I dance, oh, okay, I dance right. I booty shake, Just I go hard. So actually our wedding dance, um, Please don't, oh God, don't ask me this song. I was just thinking you were going to ask me what it was. But I was just going to ask for a dance, actually. Oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. But my husband's the opposite to me. So when he gets nervous, he freezes. Okay, right. And when I get nervous, I go over the top, I go mental. Um, so we were really worried that the music was going to come on. He was going to stand there and I was just going to like go yeah. mental around him. So we actually, um, and we had Brendan Cole there, the dancer from Strictly. <laughs> okay. So we were like, right, we're going to have to look a little bit cool. So we did this crazy, silly acting out and... All oh, right. So, you, so you're an enthusiastic dancer. I'm an enthusiastic, yes. I'm one of those people you go, good on her. Yeah. yeah. Bit, of, bit of rhythm probably in there somewhere as well. Um, I think a little bit. I, th- I think sport innately helps you with yeah, rhythm yeah. because we do loads of coordination training. Okay. So some of that has to come. I mean, no, I'm not amazing. I have a certain move that I can go to where people think I can dance. Okay. So if, if you've got some rhythm and, you know, 
you back yourself as a bit of a dancer. Let's transition to the music side then. Yes, let's do that. Do you have the same enthusiasm for sort of singing or music? Are you the first um, sort of karaoke machine? I kind of also love singing. It's my least talented part of me though. Okay, right. Um, I am terrible at it, but I know I'm terrible at it, so okay, I don't try right. and be yeah. good. I remember, you know, Songstar on PlayStation. Mm, yeah. I used to do really well on that. Okay. Which is funny because I'm tone deaf. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not going to ask you to sing. Don't worry about that. Someone in our family is a is not a singer, and the poor she used to sit there and play piano at Christmas, and we used to do the Christmas songs, and she'd actually have to put her hand over the ear of the side I was singing next to because okay. it put her off the music. Because not only were you tone deaf, but you were enthusiastic. As exactly. Well. <laughs> and when I talking about the BBC Olympics, I got to go over to Pyeongchang for two days. And I, I wanted to fit the whole Korean experience into two days. And we landed. I went to a Korean barbecue. And then I found a local guy. And I said, I want to go to karaoke. But I don't want to go to a touristy place. And he took it, me to his house. Oh, really? And so me and his granddad <laughs> were doing karaoke all evening. Oh, and it wow. was just epic. And, you know, no one judged me because no, I was having a good time. Oh, well, I don't know the words to anything. I think I know the words to every song. Drops of Jupiter by Train. Oh, That's my go-to yeah, karaoke right. song. And I and I have listened to it so many times, and I think that I know the right words, but they sometimes get it wrong when they play it on the radio. Oh, do they? Yeah, because they're not singing my words. Oh, of course, I see what you're saying. Right. So yeah, I'm imagining you're that person that I I walk past, and someone's in their car singing their yes. heart out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Good on you. So is uh, is music a part of your life? Do you like? Do you listen to much music? Yeah, all the time. Um, my sons love it as well. Um, it's it's very much a variable for me. I don't have a set playlist that I go to. Okay. I actually, I actually love that. You know, sometimes I use it very much to reflect my mood. So okay. if I'm stressed, I listen to chilled music. I even listen to Magic FM. Although I find it's all about love nowadays. Yeah, it's it is, isn't it? It's a bit gloomy. Like, yeah. Even though it's chill, it's supposed to be chill. It's yeah. a little bit sad. And I'm like, no, I'm a happy person. Yeah. You can have happy chill. Um, but I use Spotify loads. Okay. And, and I'm Good. not saying this as an ad. Um, but it's my go-to and it has I just use the recommendations all the time okay. because a lot of the time I don't want to choose songs I want to choose one song and then roll with yeah, how yeah, that yeah, is yeah. because then I can escape a bit okay. I find if you're always thinking oh what's next what do I want to do next what should I put on next then you can't lose yourself in the music no no so I when I go to the gym you know I choose a genre or I put on something to get me motivated at the start and I just roll with it well, we've actually I've dug into our data and we've looked at your most streamed songs. Amazing. What have I got? No, sorry. I saw oh, it. no. no it, Did you know what will come up? Um, I, I, nursery I, I, rhymes. Well, I was going to say, so I was going to guess. Great expectation. Baby Shark? Baby Shark. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got it here. Baby Shark, Peppa Pig, Iggle Piggle. No, I hate those last two. <laughs> um, uh, the Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman, yeah. Family put Classic, on all the time. Yeah, have yeah. lots of dancing to that. Vampire Weekend. That really oh, really? comes up. Is that, so is that, is that for you? Well, for you yes, that's for me. I, I like start that a lot. Yeah. David Guetta. Okay, I listen nice. to him a lot. Um, I love that his... in preparation for your Ibiza trip the other day? Yeah, well, that was me trying to be cool. Yeah. Um, yes, no, I did go to... I mean, I went to this Elro Ushuaia, which is like the go-to place yeah, for yeah. people really into their music. Um, and... I was there for five hours and I couldn't tell you the difference between the five hours of song. Really? They all sounded exactly the same. <laughs> they to do me. Them, they, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 Um, Paul so, Oakenfield, I like oh, okay. that. That's a good one for me to get it going. Like, whatever I'm doing, if I need to get fired up, that's. that's, that's so good. it seems like you, you, know, you don't have one particular genre of music no, that you listen no. to. I even listen to Classic FM. I've had to stop um, listening to Classic FM when I drive 
than classical music because it makes me drive too fast. Is that right? Classical music? I think because I zone out. Oh, okay. And I let things go and then that foot goes down. Interesting. I use classical music for when I need to focus. Mm. If I'm in the office and there's, you know, a bit of background noise, there's music playing, yeah. and I really need to concentrate. Yeah. I put a bit of classical music on, headphones on, and yeah. that just, like, helps me focus. I, I do that with Gladiator soundtrack. Have you ever tried that? Do you? No, I haven't. You know the bit in, um, when Russell Crowe goes out and he touches... Oh, I thought you meant the Aretha Johnson Gladiator. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> How does that go? I bet I could use that. Yeah, that sure. was part of my childhood. Oh, so the Gladiator you soundtrack, know, okay. He goes out to the, into the amphitheatre and he holds that. Sand that yeah, does yeah. this, and that that is like the ultimate. I mean, I focus. can't picture the music though. That's oh my gosh! Right, I need when to watch you've it, got yeah. to next time, you need a, a real like narrow focus oh, on something. Gosh, put that on. Know. It's amazing. It's yeah. really good. What about things like I don't know birthing playlist? Did you ever get into that? Yeah, I did. Um, uh, for our um gender reveal party, which I, it's quite sounds naffy yeah. doing, we did put on a gender reveal playlist. It was epic. Ooh. All about boys and girls, blah blah. Um birthing playlist i didn't have time no. i i only had a 40 minute chaotic. labor my second child cooper just fell one, out so yeah i remember taking enya <laughs> to the hospital with me for the first one okay that never made it on yeah every uh, for the first child everyone goes there prepared with like oh God, board games yeah, music yeah. i remember i spent like 20 quid on magazines and i downloaded <laughs> all these dvds and oh my gosh everything i had all everything and and you just I mean, you're in labour. Yeah, good. <laughs> good intentions, though. Um, so, you listen to music lots. Uh, growing up, so I read that you travelled to New Zealand every year when you grew up. Yeah, started at the age of 10 on yeah, my own. It's a bit crazy, that. So, yeah, how, how did that happen? Um, I was obsessed. Um, local drive ski slope just down the road actually had an advert. This is pre internet. Had an advert on the okay. wall saying, "Right, we're uh, we're running camps with teenagers, taking a small group of Brits down to New Zealand to ski on real right. ones of snow for the whole of the summer holidays." I was ten at the time, not a teenager. Yeah. Um, but I wrote the number down. I got home. I climbed on my kitchen counter and grabbed the the corded telephone off the wall, called it, and said, "Look, first of all, I'm not a teenager, but I will work harder than any of your kids out there. I want it." And like, look, you're not old enough to come. Mm. And I was like, keep talking to me, keep talking to me. And then they said, have you asked your parents? I said, no, I wanted to make sure that you said yes first. And then that evening I talked to my parents. And they said, look, it's quite a big sacrifice for your brothers. All of us go to New Zealand. I said, no, no, none of you need to go, just me. Go alone. <laughs> and I went on my own. <laughs> wow, no wonder you came a, an Olympic athlete, <laughs> Jesus. So so musically, when you were a kid, there was music a part of your life massive, back then? Massive, massive Walkman, Michael Jackson, yeah. on repeat. What about in New Zealand? Was Did that influence anything? Because... Uh, yeah, so they have a radio station called Triple J. Okay, I'm familiar with that from Australia, so yeah. I assume it's the same one. So, so towards kind of my later teens, that was the go-to. Um, and we spent an hour going to the mountain every morning, an hour on the way back, and that was always our go-to station. It was kind of like semi-hard rock. They did great dream analysis, but Triple J. And then they started to bring out um, CDs back then, yeah. and they were great. You know, so much variety, but also it was great because they were loving bands that, back here no one had heard of yeah yeah exactly so you must be a bit of a tastemaker coming back with a cool new band from new zealand australia i thought i was at the time um so you mentioned earlier as well that you know you often when you go to the gym or you do training yeah you would be listening to music all the time so now that you've retired from skiing what kind of training are you into these days um i like to keep a lot of variety um i actually remember david lloyd and they had this epic blaze class and every week the music changes 
Um, so this week, I think it's R&B week. Last week we had oh, Ibiza okay. Classics. Next week is, they did Classics Weeks, okay. which sounds like you couldn't be able to work out because it's really hardcore. It's all about yeah. the red zone and your heart rate. Right. Um, well, sort of you've got to go it's so great yeah, fun. it sounds great because so, the beats that kind of they reflect where your training is and you get like a 20 second bait yeah. break and then it chills out a bit have you ever been to cycle in London and Seoul I've done Seoul cycle yeah. in New York where oh my not, god not that's the same here. I mean yeah. As soon as that, you can feel it's dreadful. Intense, isn't it? You can be up breastfeeding all night. Probably not you, but no, and and go. I don't want to go to the gym. And as soon as that music starts, that beat drops. You are there. Yeah, it's a you know, it's a an it's amazing so skill for the instructor to be able to curate yeah. a yeah. music experience. Like Massive. That. Um, I, I actually, you know, think about skiing and training. Um, I was in the gym the other day and I had to go on the ski ergo. Yes. Oh my God. That's the hardest thing in the world. It is really, but really what, I mean, surely skiing, I'm not a skier, apologies. His legs. But you'd think that, you know, with gravity, he's just you going down. Well, the ski you go. Unfortunately, that's the biggest misconception. I'm it's pretty a sure gravitational it is, yeah. <laughs> for sport, you can just be as big as you want. Yeah. Um, but there's also loads of agility, yeah, terrain sure changes, is, yeah. balance. So the skiers, are, I mean, what, do you remember when superstars used to be on? Yeah. Actually, yeah. a skier would almost win that every time. That's right. Because you have to have so much variety yeah, in terms of your physical attributes. Well, the skier go, geez, that was brutal when I tried that. Yeah, but it's funny it's a skier go because it's 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 arms and core. Yeah, you bend yeah. your legs a little bit. And obviously skiing, it's it's really legs and core with a little bit of arms. That's just about the start. Yeah, well, it's bloody hard. Yeah. It was good though. Enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. How long did you last? Um, I was doing, I was going to do it as part of the circuit, like a minute. Yeah. And then I, I can't do How many minutes? <laughs> no, what? Well, no, I, 45 seconds. 45 seconds, yeah. yeah. I think I did five sets and I thought, Jesus, that yeah. killed me for the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Good, I agree. Though. I really like, I do that and then, you know, the roped. Yeah, yeah, Habits. the rope, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The rope drums, love that. Good. Ooh. So let, let's talk about music from a skiing sense then. Yes. So I know like snowboarding and music has quite a good link. You know, Sean Huge. White I mean, was being into in that, the Olympic, he? In the Olympics, they, they put their headphones on. I think they're all sponsored by a headphone company. Yeah, yeah. They put them on and they actually compete with it on. Oh, in skiing. So this is something I was going to ask. Yeah. So would you be allowed to actually compete with not, music? Or? Not in ski racing. Okay, right. No. Okay. I think more that if you crashed or if you hit a gate on the yeah, side of your head, yeah, it yeah, could okay. obviously affect your hearing. Right. So it's all just pre-race and then as soon as the race starts. Out. Massively pre-race. Okay. Everyone is plugged in. Um, it was it was part of my ritual. Was it? Yeah, for the night before to relaxation, uh, really? so okay. meditation the night before. So talk, talk us through then. So talk us through 24 hours from a race. What's your routine? Uh, 24 hours. Um, I'm still training, so I want to be really loose, really relaxed. Um, I probably put on some cheesy pop, anything distracting. I don't want to narrow my focus too much. Night before the race, um, I used to do meditating, um, downloading podcasts with meditation in them. Actually, it was pre-podcasts. I'm yeah, talking yeah. nonsense, but you uh, know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, ball of light energies. I used to love those, like putting okay. myself in the ball of light, a bubble away from the world, um, and then big sleep. And then on the way up to the race, we'd create a playlist um, I went through quite a lot of different playfulnesses with my music pre-race. So I'm a bull in a china shop. I'm a very aggressive skier. I have no finesse. I have no touch, no feeling. Um, but unfortunately, I told you about liking that um, uh, kind of rap music and mm. and the metallic music out there. I, I went with that up for a while in the start gate. So I really got frothed up. I got so over anxious, so aggressive, and then I lost all my ability yeah, to ski. Okay. 
but it took me a lot. It took me about a couple of years to work that out because right. I was like, right, I need to get hyped up. Yeah, not realizing I was already hyped yeah. up. I needed to just stay at that level. Um, so then I backtracked and I remember then I went completely the other way and I looked at the power of words. So I found any songs out there that, with the words stronger, belief, um, you can do it, you know, all the cheesy yeah, ones yeah. out there. Um, uh, that didn't really work for me either, though. My, my favorite one is Paul Oakenfield's got this song with speed in it. Did it, did it, okay. did it, speed. Right. And that was good. And basically, that made me, good for made me think of um, that soundtrack was used for the first um, fly suit video I ever saw on YouTube. Okay. You know, fly suit, these guys yeah, go crazy yeah, yeah. and they jump off the cliffs. And that was just the focus you need for that and the, and the craziness you need, I thought was quite synonymous with ski racing. So his soundtrack was for that. And so I used it for my start. Um, and I overlaid it with some of my best skiing. So I used to watch a video of me skiing okay. um, with that on the background. Nice. Um, and that worked, finally. So yeah. kind of get, got, got your mind into focus. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you said... Um, it it's a bit electronic, you know? Say, okay. the, the music, it's not... I don't, I don't really know what genre you'd call it. But yeah, it's got, it's got like quite a strong beat, a building beat. So it's right, quite okay. inspirational. Yeah, yeah, nice. You said earlier the pre-race, the we. So obviously skiing is an individual sport. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what would be the we in this? Would it be oh, other people on the same teams? Or yeah, coaches so or? Um, other people on the same team. For the Brits, I was the only girl racing at the time. But okay. the last bunch of years of my career, I joined the Norwegians and the Canadian teams. Um, so, yeah, we would have to agree on something. Or we would put on a song each. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I remember vividly putting i'm not sure i should admit this but leona lewis bleeding love on <laughs> yeah. and with the canadians yeah. we learned every single word so we used to belt it out in the car park so we'd arrive in the car park in the race room yeah. all the other countries there and we'd put that on and we'd get out the car yeah. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> um so when you were competing skiing we talked about gym and training earlier, but what kind of training are you doing for skiing? Is it sort of snow base? Is it dry slopes? Is mm -hmm. it gym? Is it cardio? Like what kind of? Um, it kind of changes during um, the yearly cycle. So at the end of the season, you tend to put on a bit of weight over the winter because okay. the nutrition up the mountain, you can't always get what you want and what you need. Um, so you've got an extra few kilos. So we do a massive endurance base for 12 weeks. Right. Um, we're talking three hours on the bike, normally biking, because it builds up your inner knee, your VMO, okay. which protects the knee during the winter. Um, loads and loads of endurance. Um, because people think, right, it's a power sport. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. But you're also, the winter is four months long and you're at altitude. So yeah, you've got yeah, to have okay. an endurance base. Oh, um, so loads of that. Then you would start bringing in the sprints. And then uh, we go from hypertrophy with the training to one rep max in October. So it would change the whole year. Yeah, then yeah. during the winter, because we do three, four races a week, you're just doing that pre-race lift before every session. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking agility, core, loads of flexibility to prevent injury, um, power, strength. Well, but that's so what makes it so fun. Yeah, yeah. Like it's such a good sport because it's not the same every day. You could basically go out there. I mean, I I live on the Thames. I used to go out there and jump on my paddleboard and do three sixties, yeah. and I could say it was proprioception training. You know, yeah. everything. I mean, it must be hard being a skier living here. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, and you you definitely feel like an underdog when you're starting yeah, yeah. against these Austrians who've lived and breathed mm. snow their whole life, but. Also gives you that British grit and that yeah, edge. I can imagine, you know? yeah. No one expected me to be good at skiing. Yeah, yeah. I'm from London. Yeah. So I was always going to be the surprise when I skied first, yeah. and that was fun. 
But I'm sure, so when you were, there was a lot of practice on the slopes, I'm assuming, yeah, as well. Um, I mean, and then for that, would music come into your training? Like, I know you mentioned earlier about not being too hyped up before the actual race, but... Yeah, you, what, you, uh, we would try all music, so we would test okay. our moods with music to see what brought out our best, because in training, we put the speed, you know, you, you're timed every single run. Um, so once you've got the technique right, then you work on the mental yeah, strength, yeah. because skiing is, I don't know, 70% confidence yeah. at that top end music can make or break you at that uh, point okay. so we used to test it loads yeah oh that's interesting um do you go to any gigs and stuff like these days you... yeah um, best ever yeah. gig was Mumford Sons oh, okay really great nice. gig it was actually the same weekend that Andy Murray won Wimbledon I love tennis okay and I went monster truck driving and my husband oh. proposed sorry I should have put Jeez. that first yeah, that's probably the most important yeah, yeah. thing. But that was week. a that was a great weekend. Um, but yes, no, love gigs, love gigs. Um, Is that something you couldn't do so much when you were competing? Or did, uh, no, I tried to it? make time for it because that's you know that's a normal teenage thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So in the off season, you know, we get a couple of weeks off. That's all. But I would always try to. I mean, I've been to some pretty big names. We're talking Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, James Brown. Um, I went to Celine Dion very recently. Okay. It was in Hyde Park. Um, and none of them are sounding like you know very cool or edgy, but I love them. All. I love being in that live environment. I think nothing is more attractive than seeing an entertainer in the zone, yeah, or a sports person yeah. in the zone, or yeah. a performer. They're all the same. As I told you about my 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 friends at opera singer, and we have a very similar life. She trains, she packs, she, yeah, yeah. she performs. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, mine's a race, but it's a performance. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna do a quick fire round. Right. Yep. Ready for this? First single ever bought. Or Celine album. Dion. Celine Dion, Think Twice. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that song. Think Twice there we go. for the sake of our... I thought you said you couldn't sing. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> um, first gig. Which one of those was first? Um, Michael Jackson. Okay. Wow. And by the way, I did note earlier that the people you said for all your gigs, most of them are dead by now. So. I know. I did see Justin Timberlake. Oh, <laughs> um, no, no. Doctor Dre and Eminem. That was my. That was a crazy gig. I went when I was quite young, and there was this massive queue to get out, and it was a school night, and we needed to get home. And I had this way I can release my diaphragm where I look pregnant. So I was oh. seventeen at the time. There was this huge queue of people to get on the buses, and, and I was yeah. like, "I'm not going to get home." So I pretended to be pregnant. No way. Us on. And so then for the half hour bus journey, I had to. Stick yeah. my stomach out. Oh, I got so. Oh my hard. god! So a pregnant seventeen-year-old going to a Dr. Dre and Eminem. Eminem yeah. And we got selected. We thought to meet Eminem after. It's a really special, special wristband. Not realizing that every single girl there. Oh uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, so hang on. What was that first gig? We've been a sidetrack a little Sorry, bit. Sorry. Yes. That's let's quick fire. It? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> so okay. So last gig. Um. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Actually, I went to a drum circle in Ibiza. That was my last gig. A drum circle? Yeah. What's that? So as the sun sets, they get all the locals going around in this drum circle, and it's like you just get into it and you feel the vibe, and it's just an epic, euphoric mm. moment. And what everyone's high. Everyone except me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did. I put this video up on my Instagram, dancing with my baby on my front, and I think everyone thought I was wasted, but I was just in the moment. Yeah, good. That. Good on you. Good on you. Um, so, favorite band? Oh, of all time or today? Favorite band? 
Oh gosh, loads of burns. Um, oh god, this is less quick fire, isn't it? Any other I'm gonna say, recently? I'm gonna yeah. say this is quite controversial because they do covers, but it's called Rick Parfit Jr. Okay, um, he's one of my best buddies, right. and because I love, I'm telling you, I love live music. Okay. Um, and I go to his gigs all the time. He's the son of Status Quo. Oh, they were great. I, guessed with I went. I was. I went with him. I was on stage at Glastonbury with Status Quo. Oh wow! That was mental. So hang on, you you were on stage. I was on with stage. Status Quo so, in Glastonbury. Yeah, crazy, crazy. And I didn't know many of the Status Quo songs. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was dancing to the crowd that was singing the songs back to me because oh, you know wow. everything's projected out. When was this? So that was. I was still competing at the time. It was just mental. Um, we got to same on those funky pods there. Um, nice. So, yeah, that was epic. But Rick Parfit, son of, is incredible. And he nice. writes his own stuff. And he's just he just gets so lost in the moment on stage. And I love seeing him perform. Good. Go on in. I'm sure he'll be delighted that he's had a shout out as a favourite band. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you could see one act live in concert, who would it be? Oh, I would have said the Stones, Rolling Stones, yeah. and then I got to see them a few years ago at Twickenham. Okay. And unfortunately, the sound wasn't great. So oh, that no. kind of killed that for me. Um, I love Jack Johnson. Yeah. Um, but the other end of the spectrum, I want to go to like a real shouty, really aggressive concert, Mosh Pit, Metallica. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And that would be so out of my comfort zone that I would love it. But also your and enthusiasm. Guns and Roses. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Oh, Guns yeah. and Roses. Can you imagine? Yeah, it'd be amazing. Boom. I knew this wasn't going to be so much of a quick sorry, fire round. Sorry, oh, no, that's no problem. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, what is your go-to motivational song? I think you said you landed on the song pre-race, but do you have like one go-to song that really gets you up for it, whether it's the gym or race or? Well, what? I'm really loving right now the Higher Love by Whitney Houston. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know that it's very current yeah. and everyone else loves it, but I I found that I've listened to that loads and I can still say that. Oh no, I know. Lady Gaga, The Edge. Oh, so really? my retirement race, they played it up onto the hill. Oh, my right, student started, okay. I was wearing a dirndl. Do you know what that is? No. It's um, an Austrian uh, folk. It's their national dress. So okay. It's right. quite chesty for the girls, and I was wearing yeah, it to yeah. race. And they played that, and The Edge. The Edge, uh, The Edge, because it's about yeah, being yeah. on The Edge. And yeah. um, that's, I love it. Were you crying? Yeah. Yeah. But I won the race. Oh, did you? In, nice a, in a dress. Oh, wow. Boom. Yeah, that's a good song. Okay, so this might not apply to you so much, but teammate with the worst worst taste in music or someone like from your sport that you know has the worst it's taste no, in music. No, it would be me. Okay. Because I used to love us. Britney Spears and all of that and everyone <laughs> used to shred me for it. Oh, really? Also, I remember telling a journalist that I loved NSYNC, which was, okay. just killed me. One of my friends was in the Saturdays, um, oh, went right, to school okay. with her. She was a skier, actually. And so I loved the Saturdays because I knew... If I have a connection with someone, I love them. Yeah, so yeah. one of my best friends is Heidi Range from okay, Sugar Babes. Yeah, Sugar Babes. Um, she was my girl crush growing up, and now oh, we're really nice. good buddies. Did Dancing on Ice with her. Okay. Um, loved all of that. You know the Love Actually soundtrack? Yeah, yeah. It's super cheesy. So basically, cheesy it. pop is your thing. It was my thing. Okay. I'm kind of moving away from it now. Right. Yeah, but I do find that all the music stays with you more. This, you know, when I listen to the radio now and I coach loads of kids and they put all this stuff on and every song sounds the same. Yeah, you're right, actually, these yeah. days, yeah. Um, so similar, but the opposite. So the best singer that you've seen in sort of either your sport or your group? 
Oh, I was about to say Beyonce, but I don't know her, but I saw her live. <laughs> no, no. Um, oh, well, Molly King from the Saturdays. Oh, okay. She friend of mine. That, yeah. And she taught herself to sing. Oh, did she? So we, none of us knew that she was a singer. Right. And then she came out, boom, she's a singer. I mean, now she's Radio 1 presenter. That's she's right, yeah. So in, in things like... Oh, and Heidi. Yeah. Heidi, when we did Dancing Nice the tour, every night we'd go out and try and get Heidi drunk so that we'd find a piano. Oh, uh, really? Sing, oh, that's cool. Because it felt like you were in it, the most intimate concert yeah. ever. So you have it, to push her. She doesn't even have confidence to do it. It's amazing. If I sounded like her, yeah. I'd be singing this interview, this podcast. <laughs> It'd be a dangerous thing. <laughs> with the uh, Winter Olympics, so I, I, I know with the Olympics, they have the Olympic Village. Mm. I'm assuming there are a similar kind of thing yep. in the Winter Olympics. So would like all the athletes mingle and go Yeah, yeah. The drinking. Jamaican bobsay team walk around with speakers on their shoulder. No way. No kidding, that happens. Oh my God. Playing all the reggae, yep. Good. That well, I'm glad that stereotype yeah. is actually true. <laughs> um, so the last question on the quick fire round is: <laughs> ten minutes later, um, <laughs> if there was one sporting moment that, if you hear a song, whether it's on the radio in a bar or anywhere, you hear a song and instantly reminds you of that sporting moment, whether it's winning a race or training or like one sporting moment that a song you associate with. Do you ever get those kind of things? Oh. My, my my biggest any kind of Australian music lifts me up. Um, any Australian okay. band is that just from your time in New Zealand? No, it's from I got to be um, a youth ambassador for the British Olympic team at Sydney Olympics in two thousand. Before I'd been to my first Olympics, and I was there the night that Cathy Freeman, who was okay, yeah, their athlete, won the four hundred meters. Yeah. Do you remember she had that Cathy yeah, yeah. one? And for me, that's that just got everything rolling. All of my competitive juices, all of my like mojo for being a professional athlete going and anything Australian reminds me of that point oh, even you know if I can hear Australian music and eat Vegemite boom oh my god yeah. you do not want <laughs> yeah. to be yeah. playing me at whatever I'm doing yeah what about any of your like most well-known races that you've done I know you just mentioned your last race the Lady Gaga song but are any of your big um, Olympic races like, yeah Ro Robbie Williams um, okay. let me entertain you uh, right. why, um, why is that I listened to that in the start gave her of uh, my Turin Olympic downhill and I ended up in 11th place, but I was in third until the last split. And I had oh, elevated right. my performance. The weather was really bad. The conditions were terrible. All the other girls were panicking and stressed and crying because it, they thought that it was dangerous. And I managed to, to ski better because of the conditions, to use them as my advantage. And all I was thinking about was just letting it go. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, Robbie Williams, his personality, his music yeah. was all about just going for it. Oh, Hell for leather. Uh, and I found it in that moment. Wow. Thanks to him. Thanks. Cheers, Robbie. Cheers, Robbie. You should get Robbie on next. Yeah, boom. Maybe on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, my parent heard. He's a dad. Yeah, yeah, he is actually. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Aim high. Well, Shemi, thanks so much. I mean, I get the feeling we could be here for hours uh, <laughs> yeah, talking sorry. about this stuff. That's not a bad thing at all. Uh, it's been really interesting. Um, your enthusiasm for dancing and singing has clearly come through. <laughs> Um, and I'm looking forward to the, the invite back into your podcast. Yeah, definitely. I think I think yours is much more interesting than mine, but they are both such, you know, parenthood, um, sporting achievement and music. That they, they are all intertwined. Absolutely. Because absolutely. you become a parent and you have to start singing nursery rhymes. And I don't know any. So I <laughs> sing the same ones again and again Come and on, again. Come on, you know the words, the twinkle, twinkle, yeah. row, row, row the boat. Exactly. That's all I've got. Those two. <laughs> Good. Well, Shemi, look, thanks so much for joining me. No, thank you.